Welcome to In Focus, a production from Cronkite News. I'm your host, Ta Francesca Price. For this episode, we're looking at something that many people often take for granted, families. Specifically, we're focusing in on foster care in Arizona and on those who decide to remain in the system even after they've turned 18. When I was like younger, when I first got in the system, like even just staying with family friends, I'm like, when I turn 18, everything's gonna change. And I thought it was automatically gonna change so soon. Um, sometimes for older kids, um, you know, it's good when the decision is up to them. Although the country as a whole has seen a decrease in the number of people entering foster care, Arizona has actually seen an increase. Since 2006, the number of children in foster care has almost doubled. Of the approximately 17,000 people in foster care, about 900 of them are between the ages of 18 and 21. Producer Frigia de Naples explains why some of those teens decide to stay in the system even after aging out. So much of what I'd heard about the foster care system had to do with younger children and less about those 18 and older. My assumption was always that if someone was in foster care as a teenager, they'd leave the system on their 18th birthday. I was proven wrong after meeting Destiny Cole, who is 18 and has been in and out of the foster care system her entire life. I met up with Destiny in a Starbucks right after she had a job interview there, where she explained to me a bit of her background in the foster care system and about her experience with Child Protective Services, which is later referred to as CPS. My mom, she had this boyfriend, and he was very mentally abusive, and I went to the mental hospital twice, and then, so the second time I went is when a CPS caseworker came to our house and was trying to see why I was going like back so much and so they were just asking questions for about three months and then my mom gave up her rights and gave it her um, her parental rights to my sister and I had went back one day to um, grab something and that is when her boyfriend attacked me physically and the cops were involved they didn't really do anything to help me um, and he lived like 10 minutes away from where I lived, so it was just like a scary situation. Destiny said that for years after that incident, she felt angry and scared nearly all the time. I couldn't sleep, and I'm still not able to sleep now. Like, I have to take medication in order to sleep. I'll be up until like 5 o'clock in the morning and stuff like that, and even at my group home, like a staff, like I asked them not to raise their voice on me because it would like trigger something in my mind, and I'll like start hyperventilating and have like a panic attack because I felt like I was in that moment with my mom's boyfriend when he was like abusing me mentally and physically. This wasn't the first time Destiny had been in foster care. When she was four years old, she and her siblings entered the system after their mom left them alone at a cousin's house. When they woke up, the police were there to take them to a safer setting. After a year of being in the system, Destiny and her siblings were placed back into the care of their mother. Megan Arrigo is the Associate Director for Child Welfare Policy at the Children's Action Alliance in Phoenix. She said that it is common for people who have gone through the foster care system to experience some sort of trauma. Young people or children can continue to experience the trauma of being removed from their family, moving from caregiver to caregiver, changing schools repeated times, um, not having a consistent family unit of support um, continues to create traumatic episodes or episodic episodes of trauma for young people. So while we know young people who don't enter foster care also experience trauma in their everyday life um, or can, it's compounded by the trauma of what systems can do to young people. There are many decisions that older foster care children have to consider. Do I want to be adopted? Do I want to try and be reunited with my biological parents? Do I want to be independent right when I turn 18? 
Of the about 900 people who turned 18 while still in the foster care system last year, nearly half decided to stay in foster care despite the trauma that can be involved in the system. In order to stay in the system, these individuals sign something called a voluntary. Megan explained what this process is like. So they can actually voluntarily stay in DCS custody. The courts are no longer involved. It's just them and their DCS caseworker, and they can get support and resources up to age 21. So 18 isn't some magical age um, where young people suddenly have it all figured out and have all the answers and can live independently. In Arizona, the option of signing the voluntary and staying into foster care to 21 is a good option for some young people who might need um, continued support in finding stable housing, connecting to school or educational resources, finding employment. The goal when they turn 18 with DCS is that they would age out with some stability, but that's not always the case for all young adults. I asked Destiny why she decided to stay in the system. When I was like younger, when I first got in the system, like even just staying with family friends, I'm like, when I turn 18, everything's gonna change. And I thought it was automatically gonna change so soon. But it's actually really hard. You have like, like the day I turned 18, all this paperwork just was laying in front of me. So I decided to do the voluntary. They help you out with insurance. Like um, when you move out, they help you a lot with the, getting your apartment set up and getting you set up. College, they pay for it. So you have to be really independent when it comes to turning 18 and if you want to do the voluntary then you have to be like keep in contact with your caseworker like all the time. Destiny said she didn't really want to be adopted. At first I did but um, I don't know me personally I think I'm very independent so I didn't want because I knew eventually me and my mom's relationship was gonna get better as some foster parents like they just like jump right at you and they're just like yeah like we're your parents now you, you have to listen to us and it's a little bit overwhelming I didn't want to have to deal with that because when I was four I was in that situation and it was just like so bad like she wanted me to call her mom and stuff and I wasn't comfortable with that the choice of whether to stay in the foster care system can be overwhelming, but Chris Jacober says it's good to leave the decision in the hands of these young people. Chris is the president of Arizona Friends of Foster Children, an organization that helps pay for things such as summer camps, athletic registration, prom tickets, and school field trips for foster children. She is also a foster mom herself. The oldest uh, person who ever came to our house was 13 years old. Uh, she she was she was amazing. She is amazing. She's 23 years old now, and um, she did not want to be adopted. And her brothers were adopted, and um, but she she just that wasn't ever an option for her. And and now, you know, she has a relationship with her biological mom, and um, and when we took her to college, her biological mom came, and my husband and I, you know, what I'm saying, we all went. Um, we've all influenced her uh, life in different ways. And I just think that um, sometimes for older kids, you know, it's good when the decision is up to them. Chris connected me with Mimi Condon, who has been a foster parent for more than 10 years now. They love everybody, but yet they don't really know what love is, if that makes any sense. Or there's children who they're about to get adopted, but um, they purposely sabotage uh, their placement because they don't believe that it can really happen for them or that later on it's the people are going to turn around and send them back. Mimi thought back to a situation involving a friend of her daughter's who did not want to be adopted. Her sister got adopted, but she chose not to be adopted. 
she's successful. She actually is being successful because she's going to school full time and she's, and she's working full time. Um, but to depend on other people, I, I just think that they have a false sense of security. It's difficult for those, those kids out there without having somebody by their side all the time because they're constantly rotating in and out of homes. It's been almost four years since the incident with Destiny's mom's boyfriend, and since then, she has found ways to cope with her anger and to find peace within herself. I go hiking and I sit on top of the mountain and I just like breathe, and that's like my little getaway. That's just a way for me to release anger. I think you just have to find different outlets to let go of that pain. Um, some of my friends, um, like they saw their family abusing alcohol or drugs, so they can't be around alcohol or drugs or just anything and it really makes them nervous and scared and I just see like it affects a lot of people. Destiny said that when she turned 15 she was paired up with a mentor who helped her to sort through some of her anger. Once I hit the age of 17 I kind of did like a self-reflection type of thing to see where I was then and where I am now and I just knew like when I was so angry at 15 years old and then compared to when I was 17 and 18 now like I'm doing so much better I'm such such a positive person and I love helping people and I feel like I've helped myself a lot. Destiny tries to help her peers get to a similar place of comfort. And a lot of people, the reason why they can't get over that anger is because they don't talk about it. And they need to be able to talk about it and it's okay to be angry, but it's just how you go about it. Don't let like, you know, your, your downfalls define who you are today just try to move forward like don't forget them but you know try to forgive that situation so you could move on and you can do better in life i am joined now by concrete news producer frisia de naples hi frisia how are you doing i'm doing great how are you doing i'm doing very well thank you so we mentioned earlier that while the number of foster children across the country is going down, Arizona has actually seen a significant increase in the past few years. So, so why is that? Um, so there's actually not a 100% solid answer to this question, but there are a few speculations about kind of the reasoning behind it. Um, Megan Arrigo, who I spoke with earlier in the podcast, she suggested that it could definitely have something to do with the recession back in 2009. Um, so families who were relying on resources such as substance abuse treatment or housing vouchers, um, they suddenly didn't have these same resources, which could have been the only thing giving them the chance to be reunified with their child. And so when there are more kids in the system, that means there needs to be more caseworkers, more lawyers to take on these cases, more foster parents, and there wasn't really any more of these things. So things kind of fell apart, and after that, it's just been a hard path to recovery. Mm. And then you talk in the story about how foster kids can really endure trauma within the system. Uh, so what did you learn about how that plays out with younger kids as well? So Chris and Mimi, um, they're both foster parents and they both spoke with me in a lot of detail about their personal experiences having younger children in their care and just about how growing up in the foster care system would have an impact on a child's development and on their mental health. And here's a couple clips of them talking about that. You know, I'm reflecting back on the first two little girls who came to our house who were like two and three, and I just remember them walking up the walkway of our house, and you know, we had a large, large, you know, we had a big barking dog, my husband's loud, my kids are all loud, we're all, you know, we're all so excited to see them, Uh, they're terrified. One little boy, um, 
came, uh, you know, late afternoon. We fed him dinner, gave him a bath, you know, put him to bed. I found him uh, the next morning curled up by our front door. It's just a, it's, it's just different because of the trauma that the children go through, although he's 12 years old. Chronologically, he's more of like, can sometimes be a four years old emotionally or eight years old emotionally. So it's different because you really can't, we can't compare any of these kids. And why might one decide to become a foster parent? And then what about the next steps of adopting a child that they've been fostering, if that's something that they're interested in? Yeah, so it really does depend case by case on whether or not a foster parent will decide to adopt a child. Uh, Usually it's a very long process. And as Mimi said earlier in the podcast, sometimes parents will decide to adopt a child and then change their mind after a few months or even years of having that child in their Mm -hmm. care. Um, So even though adoption might happen sometimes, it's not usually foster parents' end goal to adopt the children they're fostering. Right. Well, thank you so much for your story. It was very, very interesting, and I'm glad that we had a chance to sit down and chat. Yeah, definitely. It was great chatting with you as well. Your feedback is very important to us, so please let us know your thoughts on Twitter, at Cronkite News, or Facebook at Cronkite News Online. And of course, you can submit the feedback form on our website, cronkitenews.azpbs.org podcast. There, you'll also be able to find links to other In Focus episodes and more about the music you heard in this episode. Also, to be sure to never miss a new story from In Focus, you can subscribe on SoundCloud or on iTunes to keep up to date. In Focus is a production of Cronkite News at Arizona PBS from Arizona State University's Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication. I'm your host, Tara Francesca Price. Thanks for listening.